This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. I humble myself before you and I ask that you speak through me. Give to your people what they need here today. I pray that uh, through the power of the Spirit, uh, you would uh, do a work in each of our hearts. I pray that each of our minds would be able to be perceive and understand your ways, Father God, that we wouldn't let uh, past uh, circumstances in history and experiences dictate the future as it pertains to prayer. We ask for understanding now in Jesus' mighty name. And all of us said amen. 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 I want to just briefly talk with you here. don't have a a long message, just uh, on the necessity of prayer and kind of with the theme of just continuing from last week uh, uh, on why should we pray. And Lord willing, next week we'll get in a little bit of the substance of prayer and and, and define some things from a a scriptural standpoint of some biblical examples of things that that have shaped my understanding of how I view uh, prayer through the scripture. Uh, not everyone sees it that way. I, I, can, I could uh, uh, understand that and understand why. And, and I don't say that I have it down. I have all the answers. But it's what shaped my life in prayer and why I do pray and why I feel it's important to pray. How many with me say amen? So <clears throat> we're talking about prayer. We're talking about in the context of God's sovereignty. Is what I mean by why should we pray in the context of God's sovereignty. And so uh, we'll develop that a little bit more. But one of the texts we use is Matthew 16, 6. Jesus said to them, be careful, be guarding yourselves. Watch out for the yeast. Somebody shout yeast. Of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, we said that the yeast was their wrong teaching. The evil, excuse me, the evil influence of their teaching. And Jesus said, watch out for that. Because how many know what you hear, what you listen to is going to shape your thinking? Come on now. I mean, if you feel your mind and you listen to crazy music all day, can I get an amen? You know, and you're, you know, just watching crazy things, whatever, it's going to affect you. Now, that doesn't mean we have to live in a bubble. Amen. I mean, remember the old days, you know, where it's like movies were all bad. Well, a lot of them are all bad, but, but you know, there's still some good stuff out there. How many hear what I'm saying, you know? And theaters were bad, and this is bad, and that, and then it's like, okay, how do you live? Especially in Minnesota when it's 30 below, you know what I mean? Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not talk, talking legalism here, but, but you know what? The teaching, and especially what we put into our minds and our hearts and what we feed on, especially for spiritual formation, matters. It matters, okay? And yeast, Jesus was relating to, uh, was of their teaching. And so, so we talked about how God has answered prayer for every conceivable need in his people and under every imaginable circumstance. Now, I'm going to talk about some things in the Bible that, that where God has moved. And I want us just for a moment to, to maybe just uh, set aside the prayer you may have prayed of something and didn't get answered the way you thought it should. Anybody in here? We can all attest to something. Well, yeah, we pray about this, and I really thought, you know. And, and how many of you know that God, a lot of times, doesn't answer it exactly how we f- seem fit, think it should be, but answers do come. 
I said, answers do come. And I'm going to talk more about uh, the persistence in prayer. And so whether it was deliverance from sickness, we see that about in the Old Testament with King Hezekiah. He prayed. There was a miracle of supply with Abraham, with his son. When Peter was in prison, there was preservation from danger. Uh, when Gideon, he needed divine guidance, and, and God supplied that. Um, Samson, after you know he did great feats, he almost died of thirst, and God provided water just simply to save him from that. And so no matter what it was, even young Solomon, he needed wisdom. God gave him wisdom. And so whatever the need was, God supplied it in answer to believing prayer. So, so get back to the question, why should we pray? Why should we pray? I'm just going to pose a few questions with you here today to hope challenge our thinking and our mindset on prayer, on prayer. If you've been at Church for the Harvest for a while, you may have heard some of this before, but here's one question I want to throw out. Does it really matter if we pray or not? I want you to think about that. Does it really matter? And, I mean, if God is sovereign, and what do you mean by that? That he's supreme in power and authority, and he's independent in his, his authority, isn't it all going to work out no matter what you and I do? Stay with me, ultimately. I mean, here's the thing. If God is ultimately in control of everything, it's all going to work out, right? Isn't he, he's just he's going to do what he wants to do. Just follow with me. You know, I said this a week ago, that the smallest gathering at church is, is the prayer gathering. And I think in a large part that, that's an indicator that many Christians either, they don't understand prayer, they can't grasp they can't wrap their minds around it. Why would God ask me to do something, but he's going to do it no matter what, whether he needs me or not? It, you know, it seems like a waste of time. Come on now. And, but, you know, or they really just, they don't believe that prayer does anything because we live in such a society and a pace that when we want something, we order it and we get it. Come on now, Amazon Prime. It's like, you know what? I couldn't find this certain thing. Did the local stores didn't have it. Googled it. Hit Amazon Prime, I'm going to get it in a couple days. Come on now. You know, and so if it doesn't show up, then we're mad about that. What's, what's up with, you know, they didn't go from all the way from Anchorage, Alaska to here in a day, you know, and, and so we, we want things done. We, we view prayer that way, that if we ask, we should get it right away, and that's just the way it is. And that's not how it is when it comes to prayer. How many with me say amen? Now, let me just interject about Harvest, because I was super pumped and infused this past week of those who came out to pray. Now, this was Tuesday night. This was a cold, nasty night. And we had 20 plus people in the youth room come to prayer. I was pretty pumped up. I'm thinking like we're on the cusp of revival here. That many people coming out to pray is amazing. It doesn't happen. I remember one pastor saying that uh, uh, he said that uh, of all of a certain denomination in this region, this was a number of years ago, and he said that they kind of calculate through the whole year through all of those same churches, and they came up with how many people were actually saved that year, and they said we could have counted them, and this was the whole region, West Central Minnesota, five people. This was a certain specific denomination. And, and we just had finished the youth conference and we had about 12 kids that were saved. He goes, that blows away our whole, all of the churches put together combined had five people saved. And so we have to see that God is doing something in our midst. 
for people to be stirred to come out on a cold night, okay? And watch this, 1 Timothy 2.8, the Bible says, I want men. Somebody shout men. I just had a meeting, spoke to, you know, 80 plus men. I want men to offer prayers everywhere. Somebody shout everywhere. I wonder where everywhere is. I'm going to talk about that. They should raise their hands in prayer, not just at a Vikings game. God help the Vikings. Amen? You know, the, the, come on now. You know, we'll shout, we'll act excited about it, but it says raise their hands in prayer after putting aside their anger and any quarrels uh, that they have with anyone, and that anyone could be someone else, a friend, or could be the spouse. And so, you know, to come to church, come on now, man, and just be... We want to make sure we don't have, come on now, we don't want to have any anger, quarrels. We want to deal with that, amen, and just release that as we come to God in prayer at church. But he goes on to say, I desire that every, in every place, it talks about men. It doesn't mean women should not, but he's addressing men should pray. For what? It says this in verse 2, for kings and all in authority, those that are high in responsibility. What does that mean? That men, we should be praying about our government. Our president, <clears throat> come on now, our state, our city that we live in, amen? I'm a part of the city uh, council in the, in, the, in the county commissioner's prayer for the AAMA, and we sign up, and I'll go a month and pray. Uh, they still do that here in the county, in the city. Can you imagine that? That's amazing. And so I go before the city council, and uh, the mayor's there, and they have a time. They do the Pledge of Allegiance, and they invite Pastor Mike, will you come up? And I'll have a 30-second, I'm not preaching a sermon there, right? But I, I have an opportunity before our city officials to present Christ and pray for our city, pray for them. It's powerful. We should be thankful. Not every city has that. And we are blessed. We need to wake up and see what good we have going in this community. Can you say amen? And we'll do that also for the, uh, the county commissioners in the courthouse and, and have a time there when city uh, county commissioners are there and, and, and have an opportunity to, 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 to minister to them and pray for them and pray for their families. And so, so we should do that. And let's talk about men. We should not be afraid to pray. Listen to me, men, look up at me. If someone calls on you to pray, you need to be ready. Come on, you need to be ready. You know what I mean? Like, uh, well, uh, it's, it's like, what are we inoculated? I mean, what are we feeding on? Like, I, you know, I, we should be ready. Amen. Amen? Some of you think he just came from a men's conference. You bet I did. <laughs> Stir up the men. You know, we should be ready. That doesn't mean you gotta, you know, have this articulate. You know, just pray your heart. Just pray your heart. You don't have to say, oh, fancy words. Just, I don't use fancy words. Just pray your heart. People go, that man is in touch with God. That man knows the Lord. How many still love me? Say amen. Just pray. Pray in your personal life. That's what that means. <clears throat> pray for your family. And, and pray for your children. And, and, and hey, pray. Pray in church. Pray for the church. Amen. So, you know, now getting back to the why pray. As a young boy, my parents... Uh, would tell me to do certain things. And then sometimes, I know kids today, they don't do this, but sometimes I would ask, why? Parents, amen? Why? Why, daddy? You know, I want you to do something. Why? Why don't you pick up your toys? Well, why? Why? You know, why? 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 This, this you know, kind of around that age, I don't know, four, five, six, and seven. And my dad at times would say, I, I want, he'd get frustrated, come home, and we'd be playing and ripping boards apart, pulling, and there'd be nails in the driveway. And he'd say, I want you these nails out of the driveway. Why, daddy? I didn't get it. You know, I didn't know. 
And he's like, these, you know, I had to bring you whole days. We're going the tire on a flat. And now I'm not going to have a good day. And, and so I had to pick up the nails in the driveway. But, but so, so maybe God is saying to you and I today the same thing. He's saying, Christians, I want you to pray. I want you to pray. And then we say, but why, Lord? Because I said so. That's all. Maybe that's the gist of the whole thing of prayer. I mean, he's God, and we need to just do this. And how many know that none of us really want to do something just because somebody else said so? Come on now. We want to know at least why. I do. I want to know why should I pray? Why should you pray? Does it really even matter? You know, how many know that God does require at times in our life things without our full knowledge and understanding? And those are usually occasional trust issues, amen, you know, of obedience. And it's not the way that I believe God expects us to live our life on a regular basis. How many know that we're not program robots? Amen. You know, and we don't ask why. God gave that in us. He wants to know. He, he wants us to understand. He wants us to know why. He wants to know why. You need to know why you should pray. If you can't get an answer for that, I can guarantee you're not going to pray. Amen, Pastor Mike. That, that was really good. I'm going to tweet that one. You won't pray if you don't know why, Right? Now, how many know it's true that the Bible is full of answers to the wise and and, and, you know, once again, I'm, I'm talking not in something when we talk about prayer that you need something and supplication. And I'm talking about the why in the context of God's sovereignty. So I'm just going to throw a few thoughts at you and, and then we're going to pray. Uh, but a few thought-provoking questions. And I really want you to think about this in light of the why of prayer. We said this kind of early here. Do my prayers really matter all that much? Question. If God is going to do what he wants anyway, does it really matter? I mean, isn't he going to just do what he wants? And here's the thing. Most people, even if only subconsciously, they believe that. That's what they believe. They may not say, that. no, no, prayer is important. Amen, brother. You don't preach it. But and you say, how do you know that they believe that? Because the proof is going to be in their prayer life or the lack thereof. Amen. Now, another thought-provoking question. Can my prayers actually change things? Put in my for you. So can your prayers actually change things? Yes. Not everyone believes that. Because if you did, you'd pray more. Amen, Pastor Mike. It's true. Now, I want you to, once again, set aside the things that you feel didn't turn out totally how you expected, but we're just here to reignite prayer in our thinking. Because this is where I think the devil comes in. I know Satan comes in. He gets you discouraged. You thought you prayed, you petitioned, you asked for something. It didn't seem like it changed. It didn't happen in your time frame, and the thing just blew up, and you look back, and you just think, I can't figure anything out with that. It makes no sense. You know what? As a pastor, there are things in my life I look back, circumstances, things over the last 27 years of ministry. I I don't have an answer for that, but I know I will someday. That's okay. That's okay. That doesn't shipwreck me. It's just I don't have that answer yet. I'm amazed, though, through the years how God will show me things and bring things across my path and go and answer things that I thought about for years ago that I didn't have an answer to. How many with me say amen? So can my prayers actually change things? Here's a big one here. This one you need to memorize. Does God need me to pray or does he just want me to pray? Hmm. 
Does God need me to pray or does he just want me to pray? How many know there's a world of difference between the two of that? There really is between the two. Some would argue an omnipotent God, he doesn't need anything. He's omnipotent. He's going to do whatever he wants. He's Lord. He's King. He's sovereign. He's sovereign rules and he reigns. But I believe <clears throat> prayers do make a difference. Here's another one. This, one. this one really speaks to me why I pray. Watch this. Can, this is huge. Can God's will on earth be frustrated or not accomplished if I don't pray? Some of you don't want to own that. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You don't want to own that. No, I don't know. God's going to do what he wants. Can God's will on earth be frustrated or not accomplished if I don't pray? Well, God is sovereign. He does whatever he wants. But has God limited himself in the affairs of man? Is he? Why are we here on earth? Can I get an amen? We're here for a reason. God's will on earth, I believe, is frustrated. If everything is happening right now on earth, because it's all God's will, he's got a mess going on. That's right. Come on now. Come on. The divorces, the rapes, the, the crazy things, the abuse that's going on. Cultures, whole cultures and immorality and just insanity going on. The violence that's happening. The hatred against races. That is not the will of God. That's why he said we're to pray thy kingdom come. Why? God wants his kingdom to come. So evidently the kingdom in heaven can come on earth. And see, and see, and so I want God's kingdom in greater capacity here in Alexandria and the surrounding communities. I want it to be a place where people that are flocking from California to go to other states come to Minnesota and come to Alexandria. Why? Because I want them to know it's like God is there. There's something with that community. The kingdom of God is there. You know, there's communities like that. That there's one whole community in Mexico where the drug cartels, they actually have videos on this, took over the whole thing. And one pastor stood up and said, I'm not going to allow this. And he prayed to change the atmosphere, to change what was happening in that community. And the drug cartels got a hold of him. I think they stuck a pistol in his mouth, pulled the trigger, and it didn't go off. Freaked the drug cartels out, and they got saved. The whole community began to get saved. They had bars full of men. And the police go around, and they have nobody to put into jail. Because all of them are out of, they're living right, they're loving their wives. And listen to me, the presence of God in that community, you can Google this, the presence of God in that community has affected not just the local churches, churches are everywhere, they celebrate, they have festivals, the whole community is a Christian community that has affected the produce that they, they used to import fruits and vegetables, now they export it out of the community. And the stuff that they plant grows huge. There's pictures of it. Just, it just grows huge, the fruits. And, and it usually where, you know, we only get a certain amount of tomatoes. They have a multiplicity of tomatoes, and they're huge. That's God's kingdom at work. That's God's presence in a community. And see, God's presence is increasing in the communities that contend for it. They contend for it. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to be like that in every community exactly. But I know what? It would be a lot nice to, to not have to have the sirens going with the police around here, picking up drunks that are having brawls here and there, you know, getting people, killing people outside of bars and beating them to death. Come on now. You know, it'd be nice to not, to not have that in our community. Can I get an amen? And the drugs and, and, and all of that. It, it, it'd be nice to, to, to see that. The, that measurable levels of the community, the violence comes down. And those in law enforcement know exactly what I'm talking about. Because it's the same thing. Strongholds in people's lives. 
Is God's will on earth frustrated? I'm going to declare to you, I think God is frustrated in heaven. He's frustrated. He's frustrated. Why? Because he's like, why don't you do something, God? You're all powerful. He's going, I want you to do something. I want you. And a great, the greatest thing that we can do is like, I don't know what to do. You can pray. You can pray to change things. That's why the God we serve, is he, the Bible says he calls those things that be not as though they were. He declares these things. He wants us to do that. How many with me say amen? So can God's will on earth? I, I think these are questions. They deserve answers. And so when I understand a why of doing something, how many of know that's a great motivating force? Here's why you need to do this. Ah, that makes sense. That makes sense. It helps me to know the why. It helps me to know the why. You know, someone said to, to err is human, but to repeat it is stupid, right? So when God says pray, I want to know that prayer matters. I want to know that prayer matters. Because if it doesn't matter, why pray? It's a waste of time coming here in a church on a cold night for prayer and fasting. How ridiculous, dragging your kids here. I mean, what kind of, that's nutty. Uh, S.D. Gordon was a prolific author and an evangelical lay leader in the 1900s. He was also a missionary in, in, in Europe and in the Orient. And so he makes this statement here that I, I just want you to see. He says this, was S.D. Gordon right or wrong when he said, you can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. Prayer is striking the winning blow. Service is gathering up the results. The church has gone pretty good over the last few decades on increasing in service, loving our neighbors, going out, mowing lawn, weed whacking, painting buildings. Come on, right? Service is gathering up. But you know what? We need more prayer going on. We need more prayer going on. Gathering up the results. But we can do more after we have prayed. If we're a church that just does service, we're just a good, uh, you know, humanitarian outreach. That's not what God's called us. God's called us to do more than just be humanitarian efforts. Can I get an amen? Those things are good, and we're part of that and do that. We believe it's of the Lord. So here's the thing. If God is going to do something in and through our lives, regardless of whether or not we pray, watch this, then he doesn't need us to ask. Amen? He doesn't need us regardless. He doesn't need us. We don't need another waste of time religious duty. Can I get an amen? Why have days of prayer and fasting in the beginning of January? Why, Why do that? Why have a Saturday morning prayer here? Well, that's just for the prayer warriors. No, it's for every single believer. Every single believer. He said, well, I can't make it out there. Then do you have something going on in your life in a routine where you seek the Lord and you pray? Did you pray? See, when we understand the why, we're going to pray. Here's the thing. If it's all whatever's going to be, you know what? There's really no need. There's really no need for us to go to the nations, to take trips, to try to equip pastors and uh, take uh, teams overseas and stateside and, and, and help our community and reach out and support good ministries in our community. And, and there's, no, there's no really need to do all that stuff because God is sovereign and everything. He's steering the big sovereign ship of his church and, you know, whatever's to be is to be, and he's controlling that. My brothers and sisters, I don't believe that. I believe God is sovereign in heaven, in his kingdom, but he said we are to pray to his kingdom come. We are to pray that his will be done on earth. Can you say amen? Now, 
I think you say, well, Pastor Mike, you're a little extreme right now. I think it's a tactic of the enemy to lull us as Christians to sleep, to paralyze us when we just chalk it up that God's going to do whatever he wants to do. And you know what? There's a safety net. Hear me in that. There's a safety in understanding God's sovereignty that the Bible says no one will pluck us out of his hand. Amen? There's a safety in knowing that. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about God working in conjunction with us. And I'll show you some biblical examples, uh, Lord willing, next week, uh, specific examples of men of old and how they prayed, how they persevered, how they sought the Lord. And they didn't get an answer right away. They did something else. They did something, and then they got an answer. I want to talk about that. So we've, how many of you heard of John Wesley, the great uh, uh, evangelist and preacher? And he said this. This statement is it's insane. This is insane. He says, God does nothing on earth save an answer to believing prayer. What? Yeah. What? That's crazy. It was either he was a nut. And I know it's not Bible. We're not quoting Bible here, but I think, you know, he was a pretty pronounced, pretty prolific preacher of the gospel. And I mean, that statement flies smack in, in, in the face of those who take a really passive view on prayer. God does nothing on earth. So what that means is the more prayer is, then the more that God is moving on behalf. And so uh, if this is true, hear me, my brothers and sisters, then you know what? I'm going to lose a little sleep over that. I'm going to sacrifice a meal or two. Come on now. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to lay down my life for that. I, I may shut off the TV or the comfort of my home and travel to a foreign land. If this is true, I'll, I'll do what it takes, what God is asking of me, not in a works mentality, but in a response out of love to say, you know what? If this is true, then I'm going to do my part. I'm going to be faithful in my generation. Can you say amen? I'm almost done here, but let me just say this here. Our decisions today both big and small, will determine the direction our lives will take tomorrow. That's a fact. And here's the thing. The decision to pray or to not pray is a huge decision. It's a huge. I don't mean this to be burdensome or heavy. It's like, you know, I'm busy and busy. Some of you remember the time where you had some consistency in this. All I want you to do is just rethink this and begin again. So you know what I'm going to set aside? Listen, if you could give God one minute in the morning... One minute. I thought of doing a, a, a one-minute uh, radio thing sometime. Can't get on the radio anywhere here. No one lets you get on the radio. But, you know, one minute. Just do a one-minute, you know, devotional thing or something where you just take one minute every morning and just pray. Just think if you added up the minutes through year, the whole year, how much time you'd have than when you didn't do anything. Come on now. Just one minute. I know we're busy. I know we all have schedules and things we got to get to. Life just happens. But if prayer is really this important, and prayer is really the key to seeing God's will and kingdom come to pass in and through your life and family and church and our nation, then we need to take a new, another look at prayer. Can I get an amen? So uh, Jeremiah uh, thirty-two twenty-seven says this, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Is anything too hard for me? So in conclusion here, is prayer necessary? You better believe it is. Prayer is necessary. God just doesn't want us to pray. I believe he needs us to pray. He needs us to pray. He just doesn't want you. He's not telling you to do it. Why? Because I said so. God needs your prayers. But he's omnipotent. Yeah, he is. But he has chosen to limit himself through the affairs of man. Otherwise, he don't need you. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need us. But he's limited himself saying, I'm going to work through you. Stand with me if you would, please. 
E.M. Bounds, he said this. He said, God shapes the world by prayer. The more praying there is in the world, the better the world will be. The mightier the forces against evil. The pray, the prayers of God's people are the capital stock of heaven. Capital stock of heaven. By which God carries on his great work upon the earth. God conditions, watch this, the very life and prosperity of his cause on prayer. Everything we do, we go overseas. We have a time of prayer and seeking the Lord. And we have the church pray. And each of these things, we bathe. The sermon here, everything before service, we pray. We pray. Why? Because prayer matters. It matters. <clears throat> In conclusion, uh, there's so many testimonies out there about prayer. And one of them, because this was a U.S. Marine, I like this one. I'm just going to share this one. It's called the U.S. Marine and the Spider. And it's talking about how this Marine prays for protection. During World War II, a U.S. Marine was separated from his unit on the Pacific Island. It says the fighting had been intense in the... Uh, and in the smoke and crossfire, he had lost touch with his comrades. So he's alone in the jungle. He could hear enemy soldiers coming in in his direction. Scrambling for cover, he found his way up a high ridge to several small caves in a rock. Quickly, he crawled inside one of the caves. Although safe for the moment, he realized that once the enemy soldiers looking for him swept up the ridge, they would quickly search all the caves and he would be killed. As he waited, he prayed. He said, Lord... If it be your will, please protect me. But whatever your will is, though, I love you and I'm going to trust you, Lord. So after praying, he lay quietly listening to the enemy, begin to draw closer and closer. He thought, well, I guess the Lord isn't going to help me out of this one. Just then, he saw a spider begin to build a web over the front of his cave. As he watched, listening to the enemy, searching for him, all the while the spider laid strand after strand after strand of web across the opening of the cave. Ha, he thought, what I need is a brick wall, and what the Lord has sent is a spider's web. God does have a sense of humor. As the enemy drew closer, he watched from the darkness of his hideout. He could see them searching one cave after another. As they came to his cave, he got ready to make his last stand. To his amazement, however, after glancing in the direction of the cave, they moved on. Suddenly he realized that with the spider's web over the entrance, his cave looked as if no one had entered it for quite some time. He said, Lord, forgive me, prayed the young man. I had forgotten that in you, a spider's web is stronger than a brick wall. Let's pray. Prayer matters. It makes a difference. God just doesn't want you to pray, church. He needs our prayers. My prayer is not to burden, to weigh you down, but that we would all begin afresh and anew. You might need to start off with a one minute, a 60 second prayer every morning. I don't, you said one minute's too much, Pastor. I got 30 seconds. Start with 30. Guarantee it'll be a few minutes, then five minutes. Before long, you'll have 10, 15 minutes, and then you'll spend time seeking the Lord, reading His Word, praying each morning as you seek the Lord. <clears throat> your church, your pr church, your prayers matter. God needs us to pray. Here's the thing. Nobody can go backwards and start a new beginning. But anybody can start today and make a new ending. That's my heart for all of us here today. And friends, there's no better time. There's no better time to start writing our future. Writing our future story than right now. And hear me. Prayer is the key to your future story that God has for you. I really believe that. To see in that story come to pass in your life. Say, Pastor, I just, I need to begin again. I need to begin again. 
that's you, you're here this morning. I just want to pray for those also, maybe listening by audio on television. And those you here this morning, perhaps there's someone you said, Pastor, I'm away from the Lord. I've fallen away. I need to get right with God. Today is a new day, a day of beginning. You say, you know what? You may have been coming to church and maybe you've come to youth group for a while and you're a teenager, and, but your heart is hard. It's not right with the Lord. And you know that. God is drawing you this morning. I said, the Lord is drawing you this morning. The Lord is drawing you this morning. There's a spirit of adoption that is here, I believe, this morning to bring you into the kingdom. You say, you know what, Pastor, pray. I want to get right. I want to I take that step of faith. I want to do right before the Lord. Let's pray together as we pray for those. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. Thank you for saving me. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you meant that prayer, then God meant it. God meant it. He's deposited his spirit within you to give you a new beginning. Amen. I want to just invite all the workers to come forward and um, those of you that are here, that are able to pray and to minister to each other. Prayer is the key to seeing God's purposes accomplished in and through your life. And I just want to pray here in a moment as we dismiss. These are safe people. These are people that will minister to you. But I want to come against a spirit of discouragement. Spirit of discouragement. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And many of us, we're not just juggling one bad situation. Many of us are juggling many heavy things. It's the day and age we live in. I was just reading the scripture this morning as the talks that in the last days, perilous times will come. What does that mean? It means, in the, in, actually in the Greek, it means hard, difficult times. You know what? That's for, that's for the world. That's not for us. That's not for us. Even though it's written in the scripture, I believe that we can rise above that. Even though there's difficulty, even though there's challenges here that we constantly face. How many know God is with us? He's called us to be overcomers, not underneath it with every head bowed here this morning, I'll pray for you. Pray for you against, against this discouragement, against any spirit of heaviness in the name of Jesus. If you say, that's me, Pastor, just, just receive right where you're at. Just raise your hands right where you're at. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. But you say, Pastor, I, just, I want this broken off my life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? I just want this broken. Lord God, we just pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, I just thank you that you're the God of all hope. I thank you that you're the God of all faith. I thank you right now that this spirit of heaviness will be lifted off of the people of God. That we would trust you again. That we would believe you again. That we we would hope again, Lord, that we would be people that pray again. They would see the importance of prayer, that our prayers matter. Show us, train us, grow us in this area of prayer, Father God. Let our lives be different. Lord, this time next year, let our lives be one of those that you moved on our behalf, Father, that we are passionate about prayer, that you grew us in prayer, and we saw your hand move, Lord God. I just declare that right now over this church body. And I just break that. I break that oppression. I break that those lies of the enemy. I break that spirit of discouragement over your life. And Lord, we just receive everything that you have for us for this time, for this moment. And I thank you, Lord, for the spirit of prayer, the spirit of intercession, Lord, coming upon this church body. 
like never before. Do a work of grace like only you can do in our hearts, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name, I bless the people of God here today, Lord. Keep them safe as they they go home this week, Lord. let, Let us begin again as a people of God. Let us change the story of the future. The past is the past. We begin again. Show us what we are to do, God. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen, amen. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thank Thank you. you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times in meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.